Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Boundary AFLW podcast. My name is Nick Negropontis. My name is Chloe Malloy. And we are here to put a, put a little ribbon on the 2021 AFLW season. It is all completed. Congratulations to the Brisbane Lions, your, your champions for the last... I guess you could say the champions of the last 24 months, considering there wasn't a, a Premier <laughs> last year. So Yeah, I know. And when you mentioned like finally ending a season, it's nice to see a whole season play out. How nice is has is completed season rather than Oh very ab- very ab- grateful for it. Abandoned very. season, which is much much less good. Um yeah, I actually spoke to Nick Livingston at the wards and I was like, Thank you and she's like, Oh, you're one of the first players to say thank you and I was like, Well, I'm sure it wouldn't have been hard like wouldn't have been easy to get this season underway and then we had COVID scares mm. and then it was like a massive headache. So like a Although we aren't the premiers in Collingwood, I am grateful that we did have a full season and see it out. And um, I guess a big thank you to all the AFLW mm. teams for complying with everything and being flexible because, yeah, it um, wasn't easy at times, but we got there. It's the AFLW fixturing team deserve a fruit basket, you would yeah. think, considering <laughs> the, the stuff that they were put through and the changes they had to make. and They deserve a meat package yep. from... The local market. <laughs> Depending on if they, I mean, if they're vegetarians, we'll send the fruit basket. Yes, yes, either or. Either or. Um, yeah, it's, it was a crazy season. I think it all started with GWS having to relocate to, is it Albury or? Yeah, Albury. Albury. I always get that wrong. Albury. I always say Albury. <laughs> to Elise Parker's place. Well, maybe that's why she had such a good season. Yes. She spent the whole season at home. <laughs> and then over to Adelaide and then back. And mm. then your game with Brisbane was relocated at the last second. You had a... You had two games. Yeah, two that, Richmond yeah. as well. We went to play Geelong or something. No, I'm not sure. We yeah, went, you were playing Geelong, and then we ended up playing Richmond. And Richmond was playing West Coast. No, uh, I'm, I'm. Don't know. I can't even remember. But I, you had two games changed at the last second. Last second, very last second. Yep. And then Brisbane, obviously, I think Starchevich said it. He was expecting a lot of games at home. Didn't end up having games at home. Mm. Um, you know, fixtures coming out late. Yeah, if for such a short season, it does go. It does seem like it ages <laughs> ago since round one happened. You've probably forgotten about round one, no pun. Round, yeah, no, no, no round one. <laughs> round one started off on the Saturday. It was great. Um, weird that there was no Friday night game, but anyway, and yeah, weird. They went Thursday night. Weird that the Carlton didn't didn't have a game, but anyway, um, no, it was a. It was a. I think it was the best season of AFLW yet. Um, I think Gil mentioned that in his speech at the W Awards, and I think that was spot on. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think every year it's going to continue. You probably could say that line each year that comes mm. because it really is only going to get better. Like We see all the young talent coming through, and um, you know with Rising Star Award nominations, even like people are still left guessing to the last minute, oh, yeah. who's going to get it? Whereas probably in previous years, it's like, oh, no, that person's definitely going to get it. But yeah. there's just so much young, competitive talent coming through that – it's going to just build the competition up. And even like the girls that have been around for a while, they said it um, whenever they got in the mic, like, you know, these kids coming through, you know, are giving me a run for my money now these days. So, yeah, I think Gil's spot on and it was the best season that we've had. And I think even in 2022, we'll probably come back and be saying that, Mm. holy moly, once again, that was the best season we've had. So this is going to be a pretty simple podcast. We're going to break it up into three sort of blocks. We're going to talk about the grand final, then we're going to talk about the awards night, and then we're going to talk about the future and what the future holds. And we're just sort of going to uh, pose questions without without notice and go through everything that's sort of on our minds. 
and any tangents that come up along the way. <laughs> so, as they always do. Um, so, starting with the grand final, of course, Brisbane defeats Adelaide. Um, good game, solid game of footy. Uh, I think it was one of those games where Brisbane, they kicked three or four goals sort of out of nowhere, sort mm-hmm. of freaky goals that were probably 50-50 chances, and then they had yeah. that lead at three-quarter time, and they just shut the gate, and they said, you're not scoring. For a team that, like, backs against the ball, going away to Adelaide, being in front of Adelaide's home crowd, like, that's that's a pretty decent win. Mm. Very, very good win by them to go over there and beat Adelaide on their own home ground. Summed up their season, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, it did. And, like, like you said, there were some freaky goals that went 50-50, but it was Brisbane's day, and, you know, now they're the 2021 Premiers, mm. so... It's not like it came easy to them, so they've they've definitely um, earned this win. So my first question to you is, should goal of the year be awarded <laughs> after the grand final? Because Courtney Hodder won it anyway, but she should have won it for a different goal. Well, this is funny because one of my questions is, can you kick goal of the year in the grand final? Well, what do you reckon? Well, no, because home and away season is like... It means everyone plays the same amount of games. It's yep. the fairest way to do it all. Finals is only a handful of teams. It's like the leading goal kicking thing. If we were doing an end of finals, then myself, Darcy, and Dakota Davidson would all be leading goal kickers. Mm. Um, but th- that wouldn't be fair because we Dakota played three games extra than us. I played two extra than Darcy. So yeah. no, as much as it was awesome and it was very cool and I'll probably be spoken about for a while, I don't think you can be able to kick goal of the year. Interesting. In I completely disagree. I, I agree with you on goal kickers because obviously with that, everyone needs to play the same amount of games. But for me, goal and mark of the year are sort of just this like additional flary thing. There's not like a... For the sponsors. Yeah, correct. It's it's just about rewarding the best goal kicked of the year. So I think you should just judge all of the goals. And it wasn't awarded until the W Awards on That's Tuesday fair. night. So it was after the grand final anyway, so... Then you'd have to get your voting system in quickly. Oh, oh that's true. It is voted by the fans, it isn't is- it? I think one, I think it's like 10 votes from 10 different people when the fans count for one of them. So, oh, okay. But you could do that within 48 hours. Mm. It doesn't have to be up that long. But yes, good but point. That leads to a fellow controversial take of mine that fan awards <laughs> should not count for anything. But anyway. Uh, um, my yeah. question to you is is probably what was on everyone's mind. How much of a difference would Chelsea Randall have made? That's a great question. And I'm sure it's one that's been on Chelsea's mind for, yeah. for this whole week. Like I was going to ask you a pretty similar one but we'll get to that after but like I don't think she flips the result is what is how I'll put it just because I think the game was one of those games where Brisbane's goals were so like the hotter goal yeah. Wushner's goals Wushner's goal they were very like bouncer the footy or Wushner kicked it from 40 and it just yeah. ended up bouncing through and that's footy and yeah. and what happened was they that put them in a position to just set the wall up behind the play and Adelaide dominated the last quarter and a bit, but it didn't matter because Brisbane had had their wall set up perfectly. Kate Lutkin sort of controlling the march down there. So I don't know if Randall is the is the like if Randall was was let's say a key forward who could have maybe turned a couple of Adelaide's uh, inside fifty opportunities into goals, then maybe she swings the game. But as a centre half back, I don't know whether she yeah. makes up the difference. I mean, if she played forward, because she's obviously gone yeah. both ends of the ground. I think Adelaide's got a very capable forward. I think she probably would have gone back yeah. um, in this game um, or could have even played a defensive role on Luckins, mm-hmm. maybe. 
that would but, be good. Yeah, like you, those two goals you mentioned in Wushan and Hutter, they're just freak goals that, yep. you know, players got in the right spot, the ball bounced the right way, and you can't stop them. So I no, think exactly. Randall definitely would have had an impact on the game. Yeah. And it probably maybe would have been closer because just the way she kind of dictates that back line, I think she maybe would have stopped maybe one or two, but I don't think it would have been enough to get the Crows over the line yep. because those freak goals just – it was just proving that the footy guys were with Brisbane that day. Yeah. And also Adelaide didn't convert inside 50. So. Well, that was it, wasn't it? They had their chances, but Brisbane's backline sort of just said, just stopped them. Kate Luckins just stopped them. Comfortably best on ground, wasn't she? But um, yes. I guess the question I was going to ask you is, like, how would Chelsea be feeling? She obviously made the call herself to not try and push the play. Mm. How would she be feeling about now? Oh, I, I think Chelsea's a player that's very content in it. I don't think she would be kicking herself too much about it. Because um, by the way she, you know, portrayed to the media, she was very happy with her decision. She said, you know, what kind of message would I be sending to grassroots? Um, fully backed in that, you know, it was a concussion. It was a pretty horrible concussion too. So mm. I, I, I think she'll be feeling for her teammates. And obviously she's a competitor um, at heart, so she would be pretty disappointed, and, and probably has thought, "Oh, you know, maybe if we play, if I played, I would have had we could have had more of a chance." But I don't think she she's too bummed about it um, in a sense that she was content that she had a concussion and she was not playing. That mm. so. probably also helps that she was already a two time Premiership player. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing <laughs> to have already. Not that three times sounds obviously better, but yep. yeah, obviously a heartbreaking for her girls and, and for Adelaide, but. Content in, in the decision, she said. Um, this is kind of like a statement question, but how good was it to have the grand final broadcasted in free air? What does that do for our game? It was fantastic because the whole footy world world's focus was on, on the game. There was nothing to take any spotlight away from it. I thought that was a really savvy last-minute change by everyone involved. Um, it's a shame that Twitter was broken during the game, at least for, for most people. Was it? Yeah, just coincidentally, Twitter was just down on the Saturday of the grand final. So, <laughs> like, most people who follow sport through Twitter wouldn't have been able to do it. Oh, so, there you go. I didn't a bit know funny, that. But, um, no, I think it was a great – I think it just has to be factored into the men's fixture going forward. So, I don't know how they, how they work that or if they just say on that day we're going to have a Thursday night game and we're going to have a Sunday night game and we're going to leave that slot free. Yep. Obviously, it's not ideal having two 4.30 games and two 7.20 games on a Saturday. No. So there's got to be a better way to do it than that. But I think it's a great idea. And I think the AFLW Grand Final, whether it's the Saturday afternoon, whether it's a Sunday afternoon, whatever, just give it its own little slot. Whether Maybe you just give it the Thursday night slot. But I don't know. depends on what they want to do. But yeah, I thought it was great. What do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. just shows... How much this league's progressed? So we've got our own airtime. You know, it, it was a process and it took five years, but I think the AFL have kind of set a precedent now that um, we deserve our own time on the TV and and not have eyes taken away. And I think if you can have it, you know, free like nothing else cross over crossing it, you will have all footy fans mm-hmm. with that game on. So there's more eyes on our game. So I I don't see anything wrong with it, and I was actually really Proud, and I think we should pump it up as an AFRW community that, yeah, we had a AFL grand final, AFRW grand final that was just 
the AFLW Grand Final, and that was the only footy on at that time. Yeah, and that's it. We we give the AFL a bit of a kick whenever we need to give them a bit of a kick. So whenever they do something good, we should pump them up as yes. well. So positive reinforcement. Yes. <laughs> um. So my question is a bit long term ish. So Brisbane win the flag. Zilke and Arnell retire. Kate Luckins goes in for pretty serious double foot surgery. Yeah. I think it was double, at least one of them. Um, how do they replace Zilke and Arnell? Like, those, that's a key part of their back line and a key part of the midfield, but also that mature, like, edge to the team. It's just gone. Um, I think the lines will be fine. They've got their things sorted, and um, Zilke and Arnell are in there for their leadership and for the way, you know, the, they're loved by the group. Um, you know, they're obviously their bodies can't do it anymore. And Zilke mentioned that, but, um, you know, no one's replaceable, but I do think you can get a player across to, to fill those two roles. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Luckins, you know, is the commander down back. So as long as her foot's fine, I think they'll be all right. But yeah, it's sad to see players retire. Um, but I mean, they've, I don't, they've done it. The best way possible in winning oh, the yeah. premiership, and then Zilks has called it on the bench like that's that's pretty unscriptable. Um, yeah, I just think the Lions will miss their leadership more than anything. Yeah, I guess follow up. How important is on field leadership? Huge, um, definitely. Bree was probably the biggest um, example that I can have this year for us in the pies. Like, um. I see leadership in terms of, you know, when the game's not going your way, who's going to step up and, and yep. kind of do something about it. And Bree was that person for us. Um, in the North game. Yeah, I was going to say, you've probably, I think you've tweeted about it when Bree won that one out of the oh, contest. Like, that yep. just lifts the team. You're like, all right, if she's going to do it, I've got to do it. Um, and then it's just a flow-on effect. So I think, I think if anything, on-field leadership is, is huge. It's probably, to me, more important than that off-field leadership. Mm-hmm. Um because not that anyone can do, you know, off-field leadership, but it is easier because in a game it's, you know, you've got split seconds to make decisions um, yep. and there's not many that can make a, a quick decision and benefit the team. It's normally, you know, decisions, how am I going to get myself in the game? But um, an on-field leader is, yeah, invaluable in my eyes. Fair enough. What about your opinion? How What's more important, <laughs> on-field or off-field? Well, Because I... that was my last question for you about the broadcast air. So this is... This is the last one. I mean, I don't feel qualified to answer. <laughs> I I can't recall the under-12s captaincy system at the Glen Waverley Rovers. I think we had a pretty poor leadership group. <laughs> I felt um, pretty on the outside. So, um, no, I, I can't can't really comment, to be honest. Um, we'll leave that to the experts. Yeah. In moi. You, you're the expert. <laughs> okay, Miss, Miss Expert. So, last question. Does Erin Phillips play next year? I don't think so. No? Nah. The way she... I think she does want to see where her body's at. Yep. Genuinely wants to see where her body's at. Um, but I think when you've got three kids and your body's starting to slow down, you've got to start thinking long term. Um, and just, I don't know, maybe reading between the lines a little bit. And um, my partner, Maddie, who's retired, she, like, she's been there. So she goes, oh, nah, the wording, there's certain wording there that. Interesting. That's like, oh, nah. Uh, uh, like, just from what she was saying the other night, and maybe, I know, maybe she had a couple of champers, too many champers, <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't think she plays on. Fair enough. Yeah, and I guess that that would be that would change Adelaide completely because she was still in the five best players in the competition this year. 
um, obviously was hampered by that knee issue in the grand final and is now under going under surgery. Yeah, so. I'd say you, you just got to listen to your body at yep. times. You've got one body and she's got three kids and a wife that mm-hmm. she needs to come home to and be able to help. And got two flags and two be- two <laughs> yeah. BNFs, so she's she's ticked all the boxes. Um, but, yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder if they'll – if she does pull the pin, will they name one of the awards after her? Well, there you go. That's a question in itself. Do awards be named after current players mm. or do we name it after the women that have, you know, well before our time who got the women's footy to where it is? Yeah. What do you think? I think it should be named after those that who have built the legacy – Prior to us, we are now because we're kind of reaping the rewards of what the hard work these women have done. Yep. Like, you know, Susan Alberti was there that night. She's worked so hard. Probably, you know, like behind the scene work to get AFRW up, and now we're just kind of like, I've come in at a good time. I'll probably see out ten years of AFRW, whereas like Susan Alberti clearly won't, but other players won't either. Yep. Ex players won't do that, and there's so many women that helped us get to where we are. So I think, in a way, a little bit we can show some respect and some, you know, gratitude towards them in, in being like, yeah, you helped shape the AFW, so we're going to name this award after mm. you, and your legacy is going to live on because you've got it to where it is. So I don't think it should be named after current players only because yes, Aaron's won it twice, but who's to say Brie Davy doesn't go back to back and then they're both won it twice. So it's like, well, why did we name it after five years yep. instead of 10 years? That's not really fair. So there's like that argument in that. Yep. And I know Darcy's has won leading goal kicker twice, but you know, she only just won it this year. Yep. Uh, who's to say that, you know, there's like, I just think there's too much of an argument for current players and it's not, it's not fair enough on current players to have it named after them. I think it needs to yep. come from the women beforehand. But that's my opinion. That's fair enough. What about you? Um, I would like to see the the like the medal that goes to the coach to be named after Debbie Lee. I think that yeah, would be a good the, touch. Yeah. The, what one is that called? It's the Jock McHale in the men's. Yeah. So I think that would be a good touch. Yes. I think the best on ground in the grand final should go to Aaron, just as, as the, the face of the inaugural... AFLW era, mm-hmm. I think that would be fitting. But I oh, best on ground in the grand yeah. final. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Consider, consider, but yeah. But I, like the the BNF, the leading goal kicker. No, leading goal kicker doesn't need a name. I don't think. No, that's. Does the men have a leading goal kicker? That's the Coleman. Oh, Coleman. Yeah, but I don't. Who's think... got a cool last name? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. In fifty years, people will just say, "Oh, that's the Aaron, or that's the that's the the Debbie Lee medal, or something like that." Like, yeah, that's what we want to get. It'll to. just become established. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, BNF is a tough one because obviously Aaron's won it twice, but she obviously can't have two medals named after her. Uh, or maybe she can. That would be confusing. Though. Um. <laughs> I, I guess you could just look through v- VWFL history, or but then again, you don't want it to be Victorian focused either. You want it to sort of represent the whole country. Yeah. So maybe the Susan Alberti medal or something like that, mm. which has a, has a nice ring to it. So. You could, I don't know how you'd do it, but you could, yeah, look back and you could come up, like, I think you'd have a panel mm. of women's football experts, yep. like the ones that have been around for ages now, like bring back your Meek Hutchins, like all those players and, and put them on a panel and be like, all right, who do we think yep. has had the biggest impact on women's football to date? But then again, the, the men's medal wasn't named immediately either. Like no, the, I reckon it should, it should be another 10 years until the awards yeah, are named. Fair enough. 
That's a fair call. But speaking of awards, let's let's talk about Tuesday night and <laughs> the, the W Awards, which was so they call it still the W Awards or is it the w Awards? A, a for w Awards? Same thing. So it was a big night. Um, it was a very fun night to be in the room. That was my my first time in the room. <laughs> my first time wearing a tie in about a year and a half, and I think it was crooked. But so was Gillian McLaughlin. So that's okay. It it's a matter. trend. Exactly. Maybe it's a thing. Um, but <laughs> Make it, it a thing. I thought it was a fantastic night. The AFL can run an event like that with their eyes closed at this point. Um, yeah, the the room had a nice vibe to it. I felt. What did you reckon? Yeah, I thought considering that the interstaters were, sorry. <clears throat> Got a frog in the throat. Um, the interstaters were elsewhere. I thought they did well in filling the room with with people that you know had supported the AFRW, and it wasn't just friends and family or partners. It was you know media, other people. You know, like you said, it was your first time, so they were like, "Who else has been really big loyal supporters of the W? So mm. who else can we bring in?" So I thought that was really awesome and. Yeah, they all they always are really nice nights. Um, yeah. yeah, so I thought it was a good vibe too. And obviously, Brianna Davy, your teammate, picking up the award alongside Kiara Bowers. Yeah, um, that's pretty special. It was pretty cool in that she polled five best on grounds in a row, which is um, the second year in a row that's actually happened. Oh, there you go. Because Prasparkas polled five best on grounds in all of Carlton's wins. Yeah. And Bree did the same in your wins, mm-hmm. um, which I guess shows the umpires don't have much of an imagination. <laughs> but um, yeah, so how was the night as as it sort of progressed? Bree got out to that early lead and then had to hold it yeah. as, as Bauer sort of charged home. Yeah. So. Well, he, Gil kept going B. Benici. Benici. <laughs> and then it was quite funny. Um, so Chopper, Jamie Lambert. In the last round, it was like two votes, Jay Lambert and Chops was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then I went, cause I was sitting next to Ruby and we were like kind of doing the math. I was like, has she won it? She won it here? Yep. Like what happens if, you know, who, who's on her, who's on her tail? Cause it was quite close in the, it was. the leaderboard. Blackburn and Parker finished on 14. 14. Yeah. So I was like, can they get it? And then she didn't get votes in the last round. I was like, what's happened? Mm. What's happened? And it was like, it's a draw. But it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I wasn't going to have a big night, but then when your, team, <laughs> when your teammate wins an award like that, um, yeah, I think it actually would be disrespectful not mm. to go out and celebrate. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You've got to celebrate. Yes. I, I don't think she actually expected it at all. Really? Um, yeah, I thought I thought um, we'd have players steal a few more votes off her. Mm. Um well, yeah, she pulled five best on ground, so you don't expect that. Yeah, no, and I don't think she expected. It. She genuinely probably did not expect to be up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it good on her. I she's a good human. She's good on the field, off the field. Like no one had a bad word to say about yeah. her last night. I don't think anyone ever does have a bad word no. to say about Bree Davey. You know what tells you that she's such a that no one has a bad word to say about her? She's a Carlton captain playing at Collingwood, and I'm sitting here going, yeah. Congrats! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's um, that's that sums it up. That tells you that it's someone who um, has won the respect of the entire yeah, footy world. That's a good way to put it. Has definitely won the respect of the footy world. And yeah, I thought her and Bowers were the two best players of the year. So, and I thought for Bowers, she's got a really like cool story in oh, that. It's so good. She didn't debut for two years. The first, yeah, for two years. Mm. I was sitting telling Maddie, I was like, I was like, she hasn't played. She debuted. She was their marquee player and didn't debut for ages. Yeah. So that's pretty massive for her to come back off that. And both had done ACL. So I was like, well, what's the winning formula here? <laughs> so anyone who's done ACL and you're coming back from it, don't worry. Your yep. BNF could definitely be 
somewhere in the near future. It's a good for someone like Nina Morrison, maybe, or like an Olivia Purcell coming off what probably is the worst moments of their sporting careers yeah. in terms of tearing those ACLs. But it's it's okay. This Look, is still potentially in your future. Exactly. So yeah, it was. Yeah, they're too good. Like, and I'm a big you know turbo supporter and turbo fan. So. Yeah, yeah. As much as I want Bree to be the outright winner, <laughs> I am happy that Bree yep. and, and um, Bowers can share that together. Well, two questions. Go for it. <laughs> if not the umpires, who else could decide the BNF? Um, it's probably only the media because you've got the coaches' award, you've got the players' award. So I, I think the only other active party is is a media vote because you've got a panel vote for the All Australian and. I wouldn't want a panel mm. unless it was like a panel of say, I'd want it to be like a panel of like thirty people rather than a panel yeah. of ten. Because could you? This just came to mind. Could you do the votes after watching the game back again? I would want that to be the case. Because I'm like, the umpires do it straight after the game. But and they're, they're also so distracted by having to, you know, umpire. Yeah, <laughs> so not... it's a lot for them to. Mm. To do, and I mean, I'm not complaining at all because I'm like, well, my teammate just yep. won it, so I think that's freaking incredible. But like, I'm thinking back to when Jazzy didn't poll. I was like, they're so distracted by umpiring. Like, yep. should it be all right? The same, you know, umpires, banter umpires. They sit, mm. watch the game back, and be like, all right, this is our three, two, one. Yeah. Well, I've been arguing that for since season one because season one was a complete mess when Aaron was the clear winner, but the votes underneath, underneath her made no sense at all. So um, I would rather anyone else make the decision. Like, let's say get pick, – pick your, have your All-Australian panel and then have five or six people in each state um, assigned to certain games and then do your 3-2-1 and then calculate the, the aggregate. So count them all up and then do 3-2-1 from that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's probably too much hard work and the umpire system is – it's tradition and everyone loves tradition. Yeah, so. that's fair. So on a similar note – Rank for me these from one to four. Okay. The, the AFLPA MVP, the AFL Coaches Association Award, the W Award, and a Club Best and Fairest. Um, from most to least important. Okay. Uh, this is in my eyes. This is Chloe Moore's opinion. <laughs> um, the AFLPA MVP. At four or one? One. Yep. At one. I'm going, going to one to four. Two, the Coaches Award, mm-hmm. a, the MVP for the coaches. Club BNF, W Award. Yep. That's that seems fair. And yet the sort of prestige is almost the opposite. Absolutely the opposite. It's almost the complete reverse, isn't it? I flipped that around (laughs) and that's how it should be, and I say this Mm. sarcastically. Yeah, that that's how I would rate the rankings of it. Well, Bree won players and Brownlow, quotation marks, and Bowers won coaches and Brownlow. So yeah. I guess in this this sense, it didn't really matter that much. Yeah. Uh, who won? Oh, we haven't done club yet. I was like, have we done club <laughs> yet? No. We've got ours Friday night. Yeah. And but you'd imagine Bree would win that and you'd imagine yeah. Bowers will win hers. Yeah. I, I mean, stranger things have happened, but yes, I do believe that's how it should go. Um, who would actually... Speaking on the BNF still, mm-hmm. if Conti didn't miss a game, yes, would she have taken the BNF out? Maybe because she missed one. But she missed the North game where they got smacked. So would no, she missed two games. Did no, she? no, sorry, she missed one. Missed yeah. one. Just With missed hamstring that. something. Yeah, 
It was the North game. They got beaten pretty badly. I don't think they get beaten pretty badly if Conti is there. They played yeah. pretty well in the second half. What did she need? She would have needed two, vo- three votes to, to, to tie it, I Where think. Where was she? She uh, got 12. 12, yeah, right. But it, it's, it's possible. This is the thing. I've been, I, I, I called it preseason. My two predictions preseason were Bree Moody was going to be the All-Australian Rock and Mon Conti was going to win the, the award. That's this close Ooh. on the second one. I got the first one. Yeah, you did. This close on the second one. But <laughs> Mon Conti polled seven votes last year in a team that didn't win a game. And she polled 12 votes this year in a team that was nowhere near finals. She's got to win at least two of these in her career. That's my that's my prediction. Can she do it at Richmond though? Yeah, because I think Richmond's on the rise. Um, I think they've got enough pieces there to show that they're a team that's heading in the right direction. Whether they make finals, I don't know. But maybe one more win and she wins the award. Yeah. Ellie Blackburn met one more win for the dogs. She probably wins the award. Alice Elise Parker, maybe <laughs> the Giants, if they just all these what ifs, hey? So many what ifs, <laughs> but that's 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 part of awards night. We nearly had a four way tie. Yeah, I know. Which would have been crazy, and especially when. Three of them were in or were in three different states, so yeah. that would have been. trying to coordinate the the freaking speeches. That's something I was wondering. So, do they have like? Because obviously they needed a briefcase with the award in mm. Perth, and they needed one in Melbourne. Did they have fake briefcases in the other states? Because you have to make it at least seem like each state is a chance. Don't know. That is well beyond my capability of thinking. But yeah, you'd think that you'd have to have set up for God knows what happens. Yeah. It's not predicted. And obviously, Brayshaw wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even invited to the Brownlow oh, yeah, one year right. and he came third. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have all bases covered, I think. But yeah, I think they would know who, like, who knows who wins beforehand, I wonder. I don't know. I thought they opened the um, envelopes literally on that yeah, table. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. If, if Nadine, you're listening, please, please <laughs> let me know. Um, so, question to you. Yes. The... Um, the rising star was won for a second straight year by a third year player. Is that okay? Are we okay with that? Yeah. Rules yeah. state that if you're under 21, you can be nominated for... But should the rules be different? No, I don't think so because not... I mean, the AFRW is probably different in that we do see kids debuting very early. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in in few years to come that... Kids won't be debuting in their first or second years. It might be their third year that they do debut because they need to be in the system a little bit longer. Yep. Um, but we've got freaks coming into the the competition right now and, and absolutely starting like Patrikios, McKenzie, like um, Jess Fitzgerald. Mm. They didn't really miss games this year. Um, Tani Brown for us didn't miss a game this year. So I don't think you need to change rules because, uh, like I said, I think it's going to change within in the next few years, however long that be. So... No, nah, I think it's in the rules. Um, poor Izzy, like, you know, she did her ACL and yep. then missed it. So, yeah, I, I've got nothing against it. I do – I is it, do the rules state you can only be nominated once for a rising star? Um, I don't know, but the men's, it's not. You can be nominated as many times Yeah, see, that's probably wise. the one thing I'm against. You should be only able to be nominated once. Yeah, okay. And that makes sense. Because then, yeah, you just get chances after chances. So I'm like, it yeah. should be one. But I don't think, I think a third year player can win it. I'm fine with that. That's interesting. What about you? I, I mean, the rule itself is fine. And Isabel Huntington and Tyler Hanks are as rewarding, de- rewarding deserving winners as, as anyone who has won it before. We've got a winner right here. So you're <laughs> as qualified to talk about it as anyone. But I don't know. I just feel like maybe if it was just the first year award, it would be, it would be better because 
Georgia Patricio should have won it last year and Ellie McKenzie should have won it this year yeah. in terms of just like rewarding the best first year player. Yeah. So, but maybe you could know. have a first year award or something like that. I guess maybe the, the AFLPA do, don't they? And Ellie won that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And as you said, the ranking of importance. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I had pretty much the same question to you, but <laughs> in a similar, different way. But um, we'll go on to the AA team. Mm-hmm. Do you think there should be a rule added in that you have to at least have played 50% of your time or be named in a position 50% of the season to be named in the AA team in that line? Or did we not speak to Melissa Hickey who told us that there would be no midfielders in the forward line or that no midfielders in the back line? We'll have to go back and listen. Mel, what have you done? <laughs> no, I spoke to someone who was on the panel at, at the W Awards night and their justification for, I guess, the one here is Ellie Blackburn being named inside 50 is basically that she gets a lot of her possession, possessions at half forward and she wins a lot of the ball at half forward and she obviously kicks a few goals. But she's a pure midfielder. Let's not beat That's- around the bush. You can have a front half midfield and you can have a defensive running midfielder. Yeah. If I was Ali Blackman, I'd be like, well, stuff you. You don't think I play defensive. <laughs> like, you think I just play a forward half game. Um, well, yeah. I think, yeah, right. Okay. I think Blackburn should have been named on the wing and Patricios named on the bench. Um, and mm-hmm. then I would have had Vessio on the field because she was the leading goal kicker. But I also would have had Izzy Huntington in the team. I think they picked too many midfielders. But I'm, I'm an all-Australian snob, so I take it very seriously. Um, so I would have had, um, five forwards inside 50. I think you can, I wouldn't have had Garner inside 50. I would have had her on ball, but I think you can get away with Phillips, but having Phillips, Garner and Blackburn is too many. Yeah. So should a rule be added that you have to play it? You have to line up 50 (laughs) pence of the time in that position. If it ends this, then yes. But the thing then is then you'd have to pick two pure wings and that makes it, that makes it hard. Because I don't think there was a standout or Australian level wing who would deserve to push someone like Patricios out of the team. Yeah, that's fair. But would it just be, well, is it just forward, midfield, back? Because the wings mm. are considered midfielders. Yeah, that's fair. Because, so, I mean, North Melbourne have a wing, but that end up playing a fifth midfielder. So Yeah. Yes. Every team does it differently. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think I think Vessio should have been named on the field. One of Patricios or Blackburn should have been on the bench, and then one of the four midfielders on the bench should have been out of the team for another forward or defender, mm-hmm. either Stacey Livingston or, or Izzy Huntington. Yeah, poor stacker. <laughs> um, next one for you. Who was best on uh, on ground at the W Awards <laughs> slash after party? And I've got the also written here. Was it Ruby's dad? <laughs> no, they had a quiet one. He came down from Perth to, to be with <laughs> Ruby, so they went and enjoyed um, just being out of... Um, you know, see his daughter and her see her dad. Um, but best on probably goes to B. Davy, to be honest. <laughs> She's just, just so good at She's that. She's so funny. Like I've said it I said it to you off air before, but um she she got home at six thirty. <laughs> she went to G Flip's house. G Flip invited all of everyone back to the her house, but I was done by three AM, so I was home. But <laughs> Bree got home at six thirty AM. At 7 a.m., she had a live cross with Sunrise. <laughs> she looked average. <laughs> Very average. That's so funny. I don't, uh, she'll never live that down. But I think that's funny. Like, I don't know, she's just, she's a good human. And like, I don't know, I find that so funny that she, she got home and then within half an hour had a media, <laughs> like, Sunrise. Yeah. Like, 
people, a lot of people oh, yeah. watching this. And she had media all day. All day. She, she was on SEN. She was on all the interstate shows. And good on her for doing everything. Oh, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, she she was she was best on. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we didn't. We do not have Brie Davy on 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 with us today. No, we figured we'd give not. her a rest. She is still probably recovering. So she didn't go to bed until when you reckon? Like. Oh. I don't think she went to bed at all. So I you, just think she slept, had naps, power naps throughout the day. So Monday night she went to, she probably had a normal sleep, and then probably not to bed again until yesterday night. Or what day are we today? Today's Thursday. Wednesday. Today's Thursday. We got our B and F tomorrow night yeah, too. That's what I mean. She's gonna oh have to God. back it up. Anyone who is uh, a B Davy fan, I'd be intricately, intricately watching the Collingwood AFW <laughs> stories. And anyone who doesn't follow the players, go follow us because. I mean, not that we'd stitch any of our players up, but... <laughs> I want live updates, because um, I'll be working the GWS Bulldogs game. Well, my, my question for you, is anyone unlucky to miss out? I mean, you've kind of just named... Uh, the All-Australian team? Yes. Yes. Anyone really, like, really unlucky? Uh, Izzy Huntington was, for me, the most unlucky. Um, other than her, I thought uh, Livingston's probably the most unlucky of the defenders. Yeah. I had Kate Hoare in my team as well. I think she should have probably been on the bench, but yep. I can understand her missing out when they're going to name three midfielders inside 50. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had Benici. I would have had one of Benici or Marinoff. I wouldn't have had both. And I thought Marinoff had the better year. Yeah. So, but again, I said, as I said, I'm an All-Australian snob <laughs> and it's very hard to get the team exactly right when you have 10 voices all yelling yeah. over each other. Yeah. Because um, everyone's like you and even just you and I have got differing yeah exactly opinions, so um, but it's also the kind of thing where it's like this is as controversy free an all Australian team as I can remember aside from the midfielder forward line thing mm-hmm. so I think they did a very good job. What about you? Do you reckon anyone missed out? Um, yeah, and I I like I don't want to name names just because I'm like I, this is not an expert in it. I don't watch I actually don't watch enough games to to decide an all Australian team whereas. You probably cover a lot more games than I do, but yeah, I do think there were certain plays and and just you know, even mentioning a few. Then I was like, oh yeah, actually, now that I think back onto their season, they probably deserved it, or just got snubbed over that player because that player maybe had to be put in the team. So mm. yeah, I think there were some unlucky, unlucky players to miss out, and that's that's how I'm going to wrap up that question. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Is there uh, just a quick one before we go? I said Monconti. Is there anyone you think who you look at now and go, they're going to win a W award in the next two to three years? Mm. Yeah, Conti's not far off, is she? No. Um, I think um, Ali Blackburn. Doggies just need to win more games. Yeah. Um, I think Brie Davies going to go back to back, but I think of a player like Jamie Lambert from in, in my side. Like, uh, she's gone back, so she's won Club BNF, Club BNF, VFW Best and Ferris, VFW Best and Ferris. So she's gone back to back to back to back. Like, I think she's on the brink of, you know, if her body holds up, yeah. possibly winning a BNF. But then it's hard when you've got Brie Davies. So many votes being so, you taken off each other. Um, but no, no one comes to mind instantly, actually. But obviously for you, Conti. Yep, I think I think you can lock in Conti when he won in the next three years. Um, <laughs> lock, lock it in. I got on the bandwagon early for this one. I'm staying on it. But um, so let's look. I've got one more question. Oh, go, go. Best acceptance speech. 
Oh, see, this is controversial because I know there was big fans of 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 Danielle Ponta. Yeah, that's um, Ponta for me. Oh, she was. <laughs> you go. I was. I know. I've asked my question to you, and now I'm going to answer it. But go for it. Oh my gosh, she was so funny. Have you heard from Cyril? No. No. Hopefully, I do now. You know, won this, so hopefully, I get a reply. I was <laughs> like, you are just, you are very funny. I love that we are just so straightforward in answering questions. Yep. Like, yeah, thanks to um. So and so and my teammate for you know cushioning my land like I don't know how I did it but you know I did it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was the best speech for me. I thought. So I'm, I'm going to reiterate a point that I've made a ton of times here. Men's footballers are boring, and all of their speeches are boring and the same, except for Adam Cooney, who's the exception to every rule. His speech was amazing, um, but all of the speeches were really good and really funny. Yeah, agreed. Ruby Schleicher got the night off to the perfect start where she got asked about the All Australian team and. I don't know, can't remember what she said, but it was it was great. Someone about a Fremantle player that she used to admire, she was like, yeah, he's hot as. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's fantastic. Uh, with her dad sitting right there. Um, who else was there? Emma Zilke was the best because she sounded like she this. She was like, I just have a voice. Yeah, that was we good. That was funny in itself. Starsevich up there looking like he hadn't been home in three days. It's fantastic. Um, Hotter was good. Yep, they're all good. She was like, I didn't, I didn't get that. Sorry. What? <laughs> It's perfect. All that this is, oops, sorry. All AFLW awards should. This is the blueprint. Just let them. Just have a few early drinks and then just everyone just respond. <laughs> uh, chill. Then do your awards. Don't turn into media robots like yeah. the AFL wants, like the clubs want. Don't worry about that. That can be the men's shtick. Shtick. Um. Yeah, I don't think we will. No, I hope not. But um. So, let's look quickly to the future. Yes. So th- this is how we wanted to finish the podcast. Just a few questions to look um, ahead and talk about what 2022 and beyond will look like. So Mm -hmm. um, obviously the next thing that happens is the trade period and the commission meeting on May 12th, which will decide expansion, which is a bit bit boring, but (laughs) um, I'm 97.5% confident that there won't be any expansion in 2022. Um, That's just from everything I'm hearing and Mm -hmm. from the smart voices who have all spoken on this, have all said the same thing, is not it's you can't bring in a team on six months notice, basically. No, agreed. And I don't think we should expand just just yet. Like, you know, we saw the difference in the expansion teams in the latter. So I I I mean, if it happens, it happens, but I would hope that we just have a little bit more it won't. time. No. So what's gonna happen, I think, is twenty twenty three they're gonna jump straight to eighteen. Which I think is a bit concerning. Um but that's this is not b- based on any sort of news. This yep. is just my gut feeling because they they brought in sixth teams the last time we expanded. So yeah, I can't see them going, okay, Hawthorne and Port, you're 2023, and then Essendon and Port, uh, Sydney, you're 2024. Yeah. I think they're just going to go it. Just do it. So, just... And just bite the bullet, which I think is, a, is the wrong decision. But um, everyone associated with Hawthorne will jump down my throat as they always do. Um, <laughs> Port Adelaide, I think, is fair enough and reasonable. Maybe then. Yes. So if I was doing it, it would be Port 2023, Hawthorne and Hawthorne 2024, Sydney 2025, uh, Essendon 2026. Yeah. Which I know sounds crap if you're an Essendon fan, but sorry, welcome to league sustainability. And you didn't jump on early enough. You no, know, and I was going to ask you about the Jeff Kennett comments, but that's just. So I have I've written two articles for SEN, one in 2016 and one in 2018. First one saying was from it wasn't from Jeff Kennedy, it was from whoever the Hawthorne CEO at the time was saying we're not ready for an AFLW team. Cool, fair enough, back of the line. 
2018, Jeff Kenner comes out and says, oh, we don't, we don't want an AFLW team. That's too rough. We're worried about injuries. Cool. Back of the line. And now it's 2020 and he's saying they're being discriminated against. We have the records of what your yeah. club has said on two occasions. Oh, now you're ready. Cool. Back of the line. That's how it works. This is just a warning. Be careful what you say <laughs> because it is definitely going to be picked up and reported on. Correct. Including, I'm sure I'll get Hawthorne fans in my <laughs> mentions and I don't care because this is, I, I've had the same opinion since 2016. You just got to copy Unlike and paste, you guys. Copy and paste the link. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately I think expansion is coming very soon, but I don't think it's next yeah. year, which leads to my question. Does that make 2022 the most important AFLW premiership yet? Because it's the last one before that tornado rips through again. Um, like I know it's no more important than any of the ones yeah. that have come before it, but now thinking about it, like oh, we have to win this, or our team might get ripped apart again. I think that definitely will come into it if it is like in twenty twenty three, eighteen teams will come in. Girls will be like, holy moly, like this is yeah, like teams are gonna chop and change left, right, and center, and then it, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, there probably is a bit of a heightened importance on the twenty twenty two premiership if if twenty twenty three is gonna go ahead, as you say. Mm. Because yeah, expansion rips through teams. Yeah, rips through teams. And it's un- it's unfair. But I guess we saw Brisbane able to overcome it. You guys, yeah, it's not impossible. Jumped from expansion to prelim in two years. Yep. So it's it's easy. It's it's fixable, but it will cause a stir. So I think we're going to see a pretty hectic trade period. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, and we probably say this every year, but. <laughs> Yeah, with like, and I, I, this no players come to mind when I say this, but when teams are on the verge of success, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of jumping over to that, mm-hmm. especially if you're an older player nearing the end of your career. It's just, you know, you don't want like, you either rebuild or you're going to win a premiership. So, you know, some of those older girls that have been around for a while, like, not that they're sick of it or anything, they're like, I just... I've worked so hard my whole career. Like, yep. I want to taste success. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, trading, pe- trading time period is always so crazy. Well, you were mentioned a couple of weeks ago in this regard by what one was mentioned? by one Tom Morris, who mentioned in this Fox Footy article that you're out of contract. I am out of contract. But I'm, I'll, I'll say it on your <laughs> behalf. I don't think you're going anywhere. Um, but Collingwood should, should pay you. So <laughs> if you want to hold out, that's cool. Um, but... Speaking on Collingwood and the trade period, what do you think the Pies need to address? Um, we obviously lose a ruck. Yeah. Um, but I think another forward mid is probably something that we do need. Mm-hmm. Especially like with Membry going down, we can't rely on Membry coming back from an ACL. Brazzy, you know, pinch hitting through the forward um, if she continues on. Yeah, just some more. Like I know we had a couple of players like Newey and, and Shero and um, – step up and Sophie Alexander at times and score goals. But, yeah, um, yeah we need another probably consistent goal kicker mm. down there that's going to draw a defender away from um, a two-on-one situation. Well, I'll just shoot from the hip here. This is not based on anything, but I reckon someone like Rochelle Cranston would be good. Someone that, someone from Geelong. I know she had a poor year. Um, I'll say that outright. She had a pretty poor year, but so did Geelong. So. Yeah. But I think someone in that, maybe someone in that ilk who it's like, can take sort of some of the key forward, um, or maybe not key forward, but like that half forward sort of stress off yourself. Yeah, it'll definitely be experience that we're after. Um, I'm not sure what we want to do with our picks, but I'd be pretty happy to give them up to get an experience well, player. Well, 
one person you wouldn't have to give up a pick for would be Alison Downey from Carlton, who they just chopped for no reason at all. I mean, getting a free play with experience and a bad outcome? It would not be a bad outcome at all. And she could, I still think she's a starting caliber rock in AFLW. So it's, it's frustrating to me that Carlton is again giving free players away to teams who are just going to go, yeah, cool, we'll take Lauren Arnell. Yeah, cool, we'll take Tilly Lucas-Rod. It's like, guys, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't but, know, that's for you to address with your team. You can write in as a loyal member and fan being like, yep. WTF. I also think Katie Loins will go around again. I think St Kilda is a perfect landing spot for her if that yeah. eventuates. That's well, not... She lives down that way and she she works down that way, so yeah, makes sense. Um, which team needs – oh, sorry, if you have a question, go for it. Oh, no, no, no. This is just a yarn. I didn't have questions. This wasn't on the rundown. Yes, it was. Was it? Was questions on the rundown? Well, it was. So, segment three, look ahead to the off-season questions. Oh, That's Guys, okay. it does say, I have to formally apologise. It does say questions <laughs> around um, Which team needs to be active in the trade period? Geelong. Can uh, they be active in the trade period? Who wants to go there, considering everything that's happened and the fact oh, that they're regional? Think, yeah, no, I do think, like, Geelong are pretty renowned for a really good culture and it is a very like awesome lifestyle down there mm. um so there is in, it is enticing about Geelong and okay. I think they'll be throwing their hat in the ring for a couple of big players assuming think, they can keep their own yes assuming that they can and I've keep heard their some, own some stuff in that regard yeah that's yeah when you have a season like that um yeah it is hard to kind of not lose play well mm. hard to retain players and then get players um, who else needs to be quite active? To be honest, I think Geelong need to be the most active. I think Richmond are okay. Like that's just going to time will will help them. It's hard with GWS and and the interstate teams. Like, how do you exactly. really yeah. like throw your hat in the ring with? That? A, lot, a lot of this conversation is Victorian centric because obviously with one team states, it's hard to sort of see much trade action there, isn't it? Because you need to play it. I mean, Catherine Smith did it for GWS, but. You need someone who's willing to up their life and move interstate. Mm. So, um, yeah, probably just along for me didn't need to be the most active. What about you? Carlton? Can they be active? Or do they just need – I'm so confused about what they need to do. <laughs> I feel like they need to do something. And obviously they want to do something considering they moved on three veteran players in loins, Downey and yeah. Jess Edwards. So, so. they probably – that's a formula for – we're going to have a big move mm. soon. They obviously get Chloe Dalton back, who I think is huge in terms of that midfield. Yes. Um, that really can't be understated how important losing her on top of losing Hosking um, was because yeah. they already had a thin midfield. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to be active. So whether that's players coming out or players coming in, I think at the moment it's looking like a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Maybe similar to what we saw Melbourne do last year. Um, whether it's too late to do that, who knows? They're already a pretty young team overall, so I don't know. But yeah, it'll probably be a lot of. It's always a lot of Victorian movement, just with mm. contracts, obviously. Yeah, so I am unprepared, ill prepared. <laughs> so do you have another question, Font, that we can both answer? Well, that's the that's the thing because we're going to obviously going to hopefully we're both a little bit less sick next time we do. This. I know, but um. We're going to keep going with uh, a few podcasts, maybe after the trade period, and we're also going to do a redraft podcast, which I think yeah, I is going to be cool. going to be super fun, and we'll talk about that one after. But um, what does what does your personal off season look like? Um, I'll probably get straight back into it all. Like we'll obviously have our celebrations. It is a big season, and 
I do think you need to take the time to look back on it and, and um, celebrate what we were able to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a couple of weeks off or maybe even three or four weeks off and then I'll go straight back into VFRW and losing to Brisbane in the prelim, um, yeah, I already want to start getting fitter, bigger, stronger, <laughs> better. So, yeah, my off-season probably won't last long. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm pretty hungry to get back into it all. And I, I'm medically medically cleared to play VFRW, so there shouldn't be any reason why we aren't playing more mm. footy. So I'll, I'll go straight back into it. I've got nothing against it. So you reckon we'll see a pretty full-strength VFLW in a couple of months? Yep. Nice. Yep. How long does that run for? I actually don't know. They haven't released all fixtures, yep. um, obviously due to COVID, but I'm not sure how many we had last time. You would hope because it started really early, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It started um, coincided with mm. us. Yeah, AFW starting. So you'd hope it it runs most of the year, so you guys have that that platform which you didn't have last year, which is mm. the other interesting thing. So I don't know how long it runs for. <laughs> I know that I'll be playing. <laughs> no questions. You don't know how long it runs for. What, what are you doing here? No, I know. Um, so that's that's pretty much all we got. So that's a nice little bow on the season, I think. Yeah. Oh my god, I have pressed <laughs> this cough button that many times. Sorry, I've got a bit of a. Runny nose, don't worry. I've been negatively tested, so I'm not <laughs> infecting Pont here. That's um, SEN brought down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was nice to start the season, and it's nice that we can actually talk about ending a season mm. instead of, I think I was, oh, last time we, the last podcast we did at the end of the season, I was in Port Melbourne. I was on my bed recording through, our, yeah. through my laptop. Oh, yeah. So it is nice just to be here. It's and nice. Have it finished. I think we all should... Take a moment to be grateful. Be grateful. Thank you to everyone in charge of the AFLW who for getting the season done and for doing it in a very, very, what's a good word? Good manner. Let's say that. <laughs> doing it in a very, they did a very good job and they got, got us through. And now we look to 2022, the trade period. We're going to redraft the 2016 draft, which I think is <laughs> going to be fun. fun. I've got, you'll be shocked to learn I've already come up with all the rules and and all that for that. I'm not so, shocked at all. No, we're gonna we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna do that properly. Um, but we, that'll come in in the near future. Um, we're gonna do some trade period stuff. And if you if you want to see more podcasts, just let us know. Yeah, hit us up. Otherwise, have a very good day. Thank you for listening.